a chance for Mule and Burroughs. They score! And the Mules score! Scores! Three in a row for the Mules! Duke has to put it up at the bunker! It's good! And the Mules win it! Coming to you from Allentown, Pennsylvania, welcome to the Mule and Mules podcast. Each episode, we'll talk to the coaches, staff, athletes, and alumni who make up the Muhlenberg Athletics family and are proud to call themselves Mules. And our guest this week is Rob McVicker, who just last week was named the 11th head coach in the history of the Muhlenberg College women's volleyball program. A 2016 graduate of DeSales University, where he played on the men's club team, Rob had been an assistant coach with the Mules since the 2018 season. He also has coaching experience at the East Coast Power Volleyball Club and at two area high schools, Southern Lehigh and Freedom. All right, Rob, welcome to the Muhlenberg Mules podcast. Thank you very much. It's been a dream of mine to be on the podcast, so I'm happy to be here. Yes, I'm sure that's been a a lifelong dream, Um, but but really, you know, congratulations on, uh, you know, being named the head coach at, at Muhlenberg just last week. You know, really, kind of a, a a case of you being in the in the right place at the right time. You know, you're you're still at a young age, and and you've been an assistant at Muhlenberg for two years, and then, you know, the head coach left, and and here you are. Yeah, definitely a definitely a product of right 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 place, right time. I know uh, Amanda did a great job of grooming me to eventually become a head coach. I just didn't think that it would be at Muhlenberg, but couldn't be happier. Honestly, there isn't a place I'd rather be. And uh, of course, now trying to navigate as as everybody is not only uh, a new position at Muhlenberg, greater roles, but but also this whole uh, COVID thing, trying to figure out what exactly you're preparing for this spring. Hopefully, we'll be able to get some competition in. But I imagine it's just been exciting to have the opportunity of a possibility of that, and and for the team, you know, just to have a new coach and 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 to have some structure and 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 some kind of regular practice. Yeah, I think that's that's really all the athletes are looking for is that is that structure and that I think the hope of hey we might be able to compete at some point in the spring is is really given a driving force. Uh, we start practice this week, so I think even just getting in the gym, regardless of competition or not, I think they'll be they'll feel at home and through this unpredictable time. I think it's definitely what what they need as student athletes, and I'm just happy that I already know the team. I got a good feel of them, and then look forward to continue to grow with them in this new role. Tell us, Rob, how did you get into volleyball originally? You're, you're from this area? Yeah, so I, I grew up in Bethlehem. Growing up, played all sports. Football was my sport, though. I played for 10-plus years. Soccer in middle school, street hockey, I was a good goalie, but that was just because I couldn't skate, so they kind of just stuck me in the net. But, yeah, so it wasn't until freshman year of high school that I got into volleyball. Both my older, older brothers played. I thought it was it was super exciting going to going to games. The team was successful in years before me. So my freshman year, we actually won districts and I got to be a part of that as a double roster player. And it kind of set the tone for what I wanted to do my next three years there. Fortunately, we didn't reach that goal, but it kind of cemented my love for the game early. I didn't really hit my growth spurt until sophomore year. So my freshman year, I was a, a back row player I, all around, kind of had to learn a lot of the game. And then Kind of hit my growth spurt, so definitely made me more well-rounded of a player, which I think I can I can attribute a little bit to my my coaching style, just kind of being versatile, being well-rounded. Definitely what I look for in recruits and my athletes. Right. And what is it about the game of volleyball that you think appeals to you? 
it's it's an interesting game it's not like others it's it's every every point ends in a mistake every point ends in someone's error and it's just you can you can take your strengths and weaknesses and kind of put them up against any team and at any chance and I know it's true for any sport really but you can go in there and beat any team and I think that's a really exciting thing as a player I was definitely real cerebral tried to look at the other team find find those advantages that I can take advantage of and I tried to do the best I could. And I think that appealed to me at a younger age. I just found quick success with it. And it was tough trying to do both volleyball and football at the same time. Volleyball is a spring sport. So I missed spring camps and that would put, set me back for football. So at some point I just had to decide. I thought I'd have a better shot of playing volleyball in college. All right. And then you went to DeSales and, and you played volleyball there. Obviously DeSales doesn't have a football team. So it uh, wasn't too hard to... Uh, to pick that one, but but you mentioned to me earlier that you know just being a multi multiple sport athlete, you know having played football and having played you know different sports, you know growing up not necessarily volleyball. And I know you're excited that coming this fall, we're we're getting an incoming student athlete who's going to play both volleyball and basketball. Uh, we've talked about it before on the podcast with some of our previous guests, but multiple sport athletes seem to be going the way of the relic and it, it's nice to see some of that returning yeah i'm definitely excited it'll it'll be interesting to work with especially during first official season in the fall working with a two-sport athlete trying to figure out those times manage that manage the time the workload things like that it'll be a it'll be a neat challenge and i just think finding those those athletes that aren't just volleyball players they they have such success early and quicker when i was coaching boys at freedom I think 12 of our 20 played soccer. So it was just, I think it was just kind of our, the friend group did it and that's what started it. But we saw a lot of really nice carryover attributes from soccer players and the volleyball players. They just naturally knew to go to the ball, which is kind of a hard thing to teach when you have people that haven't played the game. It's not necessarily natural to throw your body at a ball that's coming at you pretty quick, but soccer, they already have that expertise. So we found a lot of a lot of great crossover with uh, soccer players. A lot of people say volleyball and basketball are very similar. A lot of footwork similar. And we had a couple of basketball players that played after their senior year or during their senior year after their basketball season. And they had such success for one season and we wish we had them for all four years. So I'm excited to see it hopefully become a little bit more popular. Yeah. And, and, and I know from what we've talked with, uh, with other coaches and, and you hear a lot about this, how the specialization you know, really probably isn't good for the, for that young athletes in, in the long run that they're using the same muscles and learning the same skills all the time. It's, it's good to have more, a little bit more diversity. Yeah. Especially a sport like volleyball, where it's an, an overuse uh, injury sport, you know, the shoulder volleyball is one of those where they're specializing earlier and earlier players start playing at the age of 10 and they're playing high school and then go right into club season and club season is rigorous. There's three, four practices a week. And then these tournaments are two, three days. It doesn't really give you a time to rest and give your shoulder a break. And I know it's, it's important. If you want to go to college, you have to have that leg up. And I think that's kind of the, the thought process right now. But you see it in college where we, whether it's shoulders or knees, ankles, anything like that, or something on the mental side where you're just kind of burnt out. You've had a couple coaches that asked too much of you or just weren't, wasn't a good style for you. And You've been playing for 10 years and now it's your sophomore year of college where you should be having the most fun and it becomes more of a chore than anything. And I think that mental burnout is, is really important to think about as well. Yeah. So the, the young women that 
can get a time time away from that particular sport, volleyball, while still not being completely inactive or just playing. Exactly. Yeah. Now you mentioned that obviously you played men's volleyball at, at the sales and you've coached both men and women at the high school level, at the club level. What are some of the differences between between coaching men and women's volleyball? They're almost, they're almost two different sports at times, which is really <laughs> fun. It's as a as a coach, you get to you get to cram in a lot of seasons during during the year because in high school, men's and women's are are different. Uh, women's is in the fall, men's in the spring. Club season squeezes in there for both. So during that time, I was able to to get four seasons in in one year, which was I think a really big part of my my coaching experience growing up. But it also got it was a little different. So it made it have made to it worry fun. about you getting burned out, right? Oh, of course, of course. But, but like I said, when you when you get to that boys' season, it's it's definitely different. They're 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 a different breed. They're a bunch of goofballs and wouldn't have it any other way. Especially at the JV level, and then I was a varsity assistant. But the game itself, it's it's very different. Women's is much more technical, much more technique driven. Uh, a lot of serving and serve receive, uh, a lot of placement, a lot of just positioning yourself in good spots. Whereas the men's game is much more athletic. Who can hit the hardest? Who can block? Who can serve the most? And it's it's a lot it's a lot different. You see a lot more rallies in the women's game than the men's game. And I definitely enjoy coaching the women's game a little bit more, just because of that reason. You can, you can game plan a little bit more, not just well they're better athletes, they're going to beat us. But then coaching the individuals themselves, it's it's always a treat. There's an old adage in the volleyball coaching community that you have two athletes, a male, he goes up and he takes ten swings. And he misses all of them but one. And he goes, well, coach, you see that one? And then you have a female athlete that goes up and takes 10 swings and gets nine out of the 10 in, the, in play. And you say, that's a great job. And she goes, yeah, but coach, did you see that one? <laughs> and it's just kind of the, it's not always true. And broad generalizations never work for, for athletes as a whole because uh, athletes are so different. But I think, I think it has some truth to it where as, as a female coach or, or as a coach of a female sport you have to make sure that you're boosting the confidence level and you're making sure that you're putting your your players in a good spot whereas when you're coaching boys you gotta tone them down once in a while <laughs> yeah and you you mentioned um the women's game being more technique oriented obviously it's it's easier to teach technique and and strategy than than height or jumping ability yeah exactly can't teach height that's what they say that's right. That's right. Who are, who are some of your influences as a as a volleyball coach? Maybe from the sport of volleyball, or maybe from from other sports. Who are some of the people that you look up to as as coaches to help guide your coaching philosophy? Yeah, the the, the tough thing with volleyball as a coach is not a professional league to look to as oh, I want to be I want to be that person. There actually is one that started this past weekend, Athletes United Pro Sports. It's exciting. It's uh, a women's ran. They, they, they run their teams and they, they draft their own teams and they, they're playing, it's being televised. So that's exciting. Hopefully it becomes, hopefully it gains more popularity. But I, I take a lot of my influence from coaches I've coached under. The coach that coached me, he, uh, he, had, he had a big part in my life growing up. He definitely molded me as a leader. He empowered me as a, as a sophomore on the team to, to make decisions and be a leader. And then some, at some point in high school, he told me, you're going to be a coach one day, I can tell. And then other coaches I've coached under, they've just, they've given me a lot to work with as far as what to do. Some, some of what not to do, 
but usually that's just because they're rambunctious and like yelling at refs and that's just not always my style. I, I kind of had to be that, that that get back coach that you see in football games on the sideline that's got to <laughs> pull their coach back once in a while. That was my role for a little bit. But yeah, and then Coach Cramp obviously was a great mentor to me, especially as my with my first collegiate coaching experience. She was able to, again, empower me to do a lot of things that head coaches do. And I wasn't just doing the assistant role and having minor jobs. She she let, let me take a lead on recruiting, on scouting, on game planning, on film. So I think that really helped mold me into the coach I want to be and continue to grow. Did you have to ever have to pull her back because she was yelling at the refs too much? No, no, not as much, not as much. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not her style, huh? No. So taking over a, a Muhlenberg team that has had a lot of success, you know, in the past decade, reaching the Centennial Conference Final twice, winning 20 matches just a couple of years ago, your first year at Muhlenberg, um, beating some nationally ranked teams, getting votes in the national poll. Wh where do you think you'd like to take the, the Muhlenberg volleyball program and, and where do you think it can go? Yeah, I think we can get back to where, where we want to be. And the exciting thing is talking to all the players. They, they want to be held accountable and they want to get back there if, as much, if not more than me. I think we all kind of have the same goal for the program and the same vision. And that's important. It can't just be, well, the coach wants to do this. The team isn't, isn't on the same, same page. We want to get back to a conference championship. It might take some time, but I think the exciting thing about this is in the fall of 2021, when we start our season, there's going to be 10 plus players on our team that has never played a collegiate match. It might be seen as a disadvantage or an advantage because it's going to be the same across the board. I like to see it as an advantage. I think it's time to, to jump out and, and kind of shock everyone because you don't have the film on each other and you kind of don't know what everyone's working with. I'm happy with the team we have right now. They're a great group. They work hard and they want to compete. They want to be held accountable. And I think we can get back to that, uh, that goal of, of being a 20 plus win, win team nationally ranked and fighting for a conference championship. And one of the interesting things about uh, volleyball and particularly at Muhlenberg is the geographical diversity of the roster. Uh, Muhlenberg last year had players from Minnesota, Nevada, California, Florida, as well as the surrounding states. Volleyball is, is, is more of a, a sport that you recruit nationally, isn't it? And, and most uh, teams at Muhlenberg, most sports at Muhlenberg, why, why is that? It's interesting. I, th I think there are hot spots, and I think I think that'll go for, for any sport. I mean, most notoriously, it's California. Everybody grows up; they're playing beach volleyball. But you see a lot in in the Midwest, in Chicago, Minnesota, Pennsylvania, and the tri-state area is really big with volleyball. Florida's big. The North Carolina, Virginia area is, is large, and Texas is big. It's just hard to recruit athletes out of Texas. They don't want to leave. They don't want to leave their state. It's kind of one of the one of the things we got going against us that they want to stay down there. Well, I mean, just a few weeks ago, it was warmer here than it was in Texas. So, so, so there we go. We, so, I can always so. put that in the in the emails, and when I'm talking to recruits, I like. Yeah. That. So if if weather is an issue, maybe that's that's starting to 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 balance a little bit more. Definitely, I'll I'll, I'll use that. Um, yeah, it was interesting. My first year, we had one player from Pennsylvania, and now if you look at the the um, composition of the team, it's a lot more from the tri-state area. Um, and I think it just goes in waves. It depends on where you're recruiting. It depends on what the student athlete nowadays is looking for. I plan on continuing to recruit nationally. Got some big plans for myself this spring already and head into Kentucky, Florida, Virginia, Minnesota, Ohio, get out to a lot of those big national champion or not national qualifiers and find some, find some talent from all over, 
all over the country. We're talking with Rob McVicker, the new head volleyball coach at Muhlenberg College. And we like to end all of our podcasts with some getting to know you questions. So hopefully, Rob, you gave these some, some great thought and will give us some great answers here. Um, so here we go. What's your favorite quote? This one is, is something that kind of holds true to my coaching philosophy. I try to try to involve it as much as possible. And it's uh, the greatest mistake a person can make is being afraid to make one. A lot of my philosophy, especially in the gym, is make a lot of mistakes, make good mistakes, learn from them. Otherwise, you're just making, making a mistake for, for no reason. I try to hold true to that. It's, it's, it can be frustrating at times to the coach and to the athlete. But I think once, once you develop that culture of, okay, we're going in there and everybody's going to make good mistakes and we're going to learn from it, we're going to grow, you're going to start growing really fast. So I like to hold on to that one. What is something about you that people would be surprised to learn? We already learned that you can't skate. That's why you played goalie. But maybe something else. <laughs> this one was tough. I got, I got, I got some in the in the in the chamber, but I think this one is, is always one that I, I use when I talk to my teams. Is that growing up, middle school, high school, our family, we had uh, like seventy five plus reptiles. We, my my dad and I were were very interested in just everything: turtles, geckos, lizards, snakes, tortoises, um, frogs, toads. Across, across the board, we had, a, we had a room downstairs and everything, and it, it was a hobby for a couple years of ours, and kind of lost track of that, obviously moving out, but my dad still has our, uh, our he's probably 45, 50-pound tortoise right now, and he roams the backyard in the summer and then comes inside and hibernates in the winter. He is actually in his will to me, so <laughs> he'll probably be 200, 200 plus pounds by the time I get him. I, we got, we'll have to figure out what we're going to do with him. Uh, ever uh, ever get any snakes uh, escaping their uh, their cages and, and running around the house we did we did actually uh we had a party and someone was holding the snake and didn't put the lid back on and he was missing for a good week but uh we we got him we got him to come back so i i, I bet you slept well that week huh oh yeah i mean he, he was he was a little guy he would never hurt me <laughs> okay okay who did you see at your first concert yeah this one will uh really enthrall a lot of the uh, student athletes. Uh, George Thorogood. A lot of people might not know who he is. Uh, it was at Music Fest, which takes place in Bethlehem. We went every single year. My dad was a big fan of classic rock. Both my older brothers are in a band. They're both are musically talented. My sister, very artistic. I got none of those artistic genes when it comes to anything. But yeah, George Thorogood, Bad to the Bone. It was a, it was a good sixth grade concert. <laughs> All right, there you go. Uh, what's your favorite movie? Are, I, I thought about that. Are, are there movies about volleyball? Are there, are there any good volleyball movies? I think there was an Air Bud, but that's, that's okay. about it. That's okay. about it. Um, uh, there's a dodgeball movie. You feel like there should be a volleyball movie, right? There should be at some point, right? You, you'd, think, you'd think at some point they'd make it about volleyball. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but what's your favorite movie? I'm a movie buff. I love I love all kinds of movies, but I think Interstellar is probably my my favorite movie. It's it's one of those where every time it's on the TV or any streaming service, I'm sitting down for those three hours and I'm watching the whole thing. It's it gets me every single time. All right, Interstellar. Stellar answer to that question. Here's our last question for you, Rob. If you could sit down for a meal with any famous person, living or past, who would it be? Yeah, this this one I gave a lot of thought to. This one was tough but I'll throw you a little curveball here. And it would be Damian Lillard. Obviously he's the point guard for the Portland Trailblazers who are my favorite team. I got into basketball, I guess, later in my, 
in, in my life, I was a, I'm a big Pittsburgh sports fan. So obviously not having a basketball team, I wasn't really interested till, till high school came around. And then it was his rookie year and I became a huge fan. He has a, he has a great background, came through adversity, went through, went to a small D1 school, rookie of the year. And he's just, he's the, he's the type of player that you want to recruit as a coach. He's competitive, he's clutch, but he's also a good leader according to all accounts. So he's one of those people I'd love to sit down and pick his brain and kind of, uh, kind of just be a fan for a little bit. All right. Well, we'll, we'll give a call to the trailblazers, uh, front office and, and see if we can, we can arrange that might have to be a virtual. You know? <laughs> let me, let me know how that goes for you. I'd be, uh, be happy to entertain it. All right. Rob McVicker head volleyball coach at Muhlenberg college, just starting out. Who knows what, what will happen, uh, this spring, the rest of this school year, but then your first year for real this fall and in, in 2021. Best of luck. Hope to see great things from the Muhlenberg volleyball team. And thanks for joining us on the Muhlenberg Mules podcast. Thank you so much. It was a great time. The Muhlenberg Mules podcast is a production of the Muhlenberg Office of Athletic Communications with Joe Widener, Zoe Keim, and Marty the Mule. If you have any questions or comments, please send us an email at mulespodcast at muhlenberg.edu or call our pod line at 484-664-4001 and leave a message. We will answer questions in future episodes. The Muhlenberg Mules podcast is available on Apple and Spotify and wherever you get your podcast. Please rate and review us and recommend us to your friends. For the latest in Muhlenberg College athletics, please follow us on social media at M-U-H-L underscore S-P-O-R-T-S. Until next week, Go Mules! Mules.